We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Waste Management Phoenix Open Bets Picks Preview and One and Done towards the end of the show. You always got to tune into that to know who's Andercoast for the week. Remember to smash the like button for the episode. Sub to Mayo Media Network and in the description, give me your favorite wager this week for the Waste Management Beyond 50 to 1 in this field also sub to the newsletter the listeners league link is down in the description and since it is super bowl week we will have full full super bowl coverage starting wednesday on the pat mayo experience but i do want to let you know that prize picks is going to have like a free square giveaway so it's like free money if you want to take it plus i got free money from them to give to you if you go to prizepicks.com right now and use code mmn they will match your deposit of up to 100 bucks. So deposit 100 bucks, get a free $100, and then you can use it to wager on the free square that they're giving out for the Super Bowl. Easy money. Go do that right now. Prizepicks.com. Code MMN. Jeff Feinberg, I made the mistake on Sunday afternoon of starting to add up all the money I was going to win in my head. And I started to look at my account. I was like, man, I haven't had this much money in my account for a while. And then by the end of Sunday... I won $0. And then I turn and look at you. You hit Harold Varner in the morning. You hit Tom Hoagie in the <laughs> afternoon. Can I have some money? <laughs> uh, you know, and I was about to spend bigly on top choice seats for JoJo Siwa coming here in a few weeks because I got a five-and-a-half-year-old girl, and that got canceled today. So I'm looking, I guess, for something to, to spend the money on, Pat. But I'll just give it back. Golf season's long. Golf season begins. Exhibition was fun. Hawaii, to me, is its own little entity. Then we get our Pro-Am preseason, and now it officially begins. You stare it down, this into Riv, WGC's coming up. I have a hot, a soft spot for Honda, so 
that's bigger than it is for probably most people. It all begins now, even though the money was real previous. Yeah, I, I actually wrote about this in my column up on DK Nation this week that I actually think Tory Pines is the official start of the season. And other people, it depends on who you are, to be perfectly honest with you. I say it starts at like Tory through the open is the real golf season for me. Other people will say players through the open. Other people will say masters through the open. Some people just say the masters because that's all they care about. That's all they tune into. And the ratings reflect that. That's why it's by far the biggest ratings draw in golf. But this is a real field, and it's funny to see the evolution of this event over the past 10 years, where it was almost, it was fun. We always enjoyed this event. It's the lead into the Super Bowl. It's way better than watching, like, the Fox or CBS pregame for the Super Bowl. You can watch and try to win money at the Phoenix Open every single year. We all know about number 16. I've made it three consecutive years in my column without writing about the 16th hole, which is... I think is really fun because I don't think it's all that glamorous. I think the 17th hole is the real linchpin to this course. But either way, like 18 of the top 30 in the world are playing this week. Like th this is the best field they've ever had at this event. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, I guess it was because Tory got a weird scheduling spot this year. It came up. Normally it's, it's, um, it's normally it's the week after, but because of the Super Bowl bye week, Pebble wanted that slot and CBS wanted that slot. So, and the waste management wanted to be before the Super Bowl. So they just swapped spots on the schedule. Yeah, no, and Tory's been before Phoenix in the Super Bowl before, but I don't know. I think something with the schedule and, and Saudi, um, nonetheless, I didn't mean to besmirch Tory. I guess you could say it starts there. But anytime there are still intersecting pro-ams, it feels like this season um, still has a leg to run. Nonetheless, everything you said, absolutely right. Fired up. This field is amazing. It is honestly, I don't think a tournament has grown more so in prestige than this one. Like, despite it being a party, I would say after your tory and memorial and bay hill like and this rib. is a rib uh oh uh, yeah riv obviously no no doubt about it can't wait to do riv week next week um this one like nothing i think has gained ob obviously in the ecosystem of golf for the party but it is a big win to bag yeah and even when going back and looking at all the previous champions for like the last six seven years they're all like real guys like, this is real. this is no this is no scrub event and, and the boards feel that, and maybe how we'll bet this tournament could indicate that, but you're absolutely right. It's a type of player who is both very complete players have won this thing, like guys that really um, are, are complete Arsenal players, as well as guys who have that ultra-aggressive bone in them to go for it, because there are a lot of opportunities, and we're about to make outright bets and I got to be prepared for guys to miss the cut or come 30th. But um, I like the aggressive nature and you keep firing at this one. I know you don't know what this is like because you bagged a Tom Hoagie 66 to one or 70 to one or 60 to one or whatever I saw. And a lot of people it was actually 75. Seven, oh, great. Perfect. Perfect news for me. I added Glover last second instead of adding Hoagie because I'm a complete moron. Uh, additionally, I'm sitting there with my speed bets. Do you know what it's like to get run down by Tom Hoagie when you have a two-stroke lead with, like, four holes to go? It's not great. <laughs> yeah, didn't Spieth get run down by Kokrak, too, at Colonial I th last I th year? I th am I, I, think am I making was, that up? Yeah, I think that was one stroke, though. 
And oh. Spieth was like the prohibitive favorite going into that. I spent the old whole day sweating Cantlay. And then I had this top five on Andrew Putnam. I had Matthew Wolf top five in the morning in Saudi. He came sixth. Putnam comes sixth. That goes with the Molinari top five from two weeks ago where he came sixth. I, I need the each way to be extended to top six. I'll take the one-fifth odds. I don't care. Like This is just starting to like absolutely destroy me. Uh, and I thought Putnam, after he made that birdie on eight, was like, all right, here we go. Maybe he can get back into it. And I do have a theory about what happened to Cantley. There's two things. One, we sat here last week after observing everyone kind of shitting on Rom for blowing it on Sunday and not making the charge. He ended up losing by a stroke or two strokes at Torrey Pines, whatever it was. And like, oh, John Rom can't close. John Rom can't close. But this is how you know that Rom is considered way better than Cantley because no one is having that discussion about Patrick Cantley this morning. It's just not happening. And what I think happened to him, he was a victim of his own success early in the round because when he when nailed he, it, when, when he came up, I mean, birdies won, but then he has that that, that like short approach from like 40 yards in on that par five. And I don't know what sort of English he put on the ball, but he got it to spin from left to right. And he left it like a foot from the hole. It was an immaculate shot, but then he had that same shot, like six separate times throughout the course of the day. And it wasn't close any of the other times. So I think that but shot But it's got, not that he had... Sorry, sorry, go, go, I was going to say, go. I think that... Sh I don't know if it got into his head or he thought he could pull it off the same way every single time, but I don't know what he was doing on all these approaches. He would have been better off laying back 80 yards instead of driving it to 40, 40 yards from the fucking green and just hitting his wedge in every single time based on where he was chipping this ball. Okay, so you pretty much nailed it there, and I'm sorry for, for cutting you off, and I do that, and I apologize, and people hate me for it, and I hate myself for it too, people, okay? But you hit it on the head, and even the broadcast brought this up. It got to the point where he was hitting driver when, like, no one else in the field was hitting driver on some holes, Pat, to get back to that, like, 44-yard position that he executed that shot on two off of, which was really just because... He was only put in that position on two because he mishit his second on, on two. That's a green from his position. He could have hit easily, and he definitely even acknowledged he missed hit it. But then he's driving short holes, like, right up there. And the announcers were kind of confused, and you said it. You're Patrick Cantley. Like, that was an awkward range that he kept trying to get back into. It almost seemed like intentionally because he felt, I guess, so good. After that shot on two, who am I to tell Cantley anything? Um, but yeah, I think you you nailed it in that respect. And as for Spieth, how do I put this? I've acknowledged this. There's only two times I don't like Spieth anymore. One, it's in majors because he has so many of them and I want other guys to win them. The only major I'll probably end up cheering for Spieth in at this point in his career would be the PGA. Because I love the sport and I love seeing guys get elevated and a grand slam for him. I wouldn't want to fight that emotionally at all. The other time is when I am betting guys who are, I guess, in contention with J Jordan Spieth. That's just part of the game. You guys play that game too. All that being said, it was marvelous, in my opinion, what he did. Um He's got, like, after Alex Norin, his pre-shot routine is as awkward as, as um, there is to me. And you could say maybe a lot of guys do it. It Maybe you don't see it as much without or from a player of that status. Uh, but that really high-lofted backswing and 
things were starting to go sideways from a statistic metric, Pat. And to me, when this event started, I literally looked at it like Jordan Spieth is down 10 in an NCAA game. And I don't even watch college basketball, but it's all runs. And one of two things happens. Either that game that you're down 10, one of two runs happens. You, you make the next run and you're tied or they make the next run and you're down 18 and you're essentially SOL. And that's where I came into the week on speed. So the fact that he is still like clearly working on something, because you're not doing that pre-swing unless you're still working on something. And he was able to hit a lot of the iron shots that he hit. And he was able to contend. I know at a comfort course and had he won, I could have already heard Tim like talking shit, like the same way Tim talks shit after the Valero win. Like who'd you beat Andrew Putnam and Tom Hoagie and Bo Hostler. Love seeing Bo finish third and no part of that. People like he has to have money on Bo. I had no money on Bo, but love seeing him finish third. Good for you, Bo. Back to the important guy, Spieth. So incredible like week for Spieth, in my opinion, and how it sets up for him going forward this season. Undeniable to me. This is where it all started for him last year, the week after Farmers, when he was a disaster. He was a disaster at Farmers this year. Then he got it back together. And I think he's going to pick and choose his schedule a little bit better. But his, like, his irons were really good. And to have money on him on Sunday... And to be on the, because I'm, I'm so normally I have money against Spieth, like I have the other guys, and I'm seeing him stand over these like 27 foot putts and they just start dropping. And I knew, based on where he, like, his, uh, he wasn't his dial. I mean, he had the third best iron round of his career on Saturday. There was no way he was going to match that again. He hit everything to like eight feet and made the putts. But on Sunday, he was hitting everything to like 15 to 25 feet every single time. I don't know if he made one of those putts and he was just burning the edge here half an inch short yeah. here a bit to the right here and it felt like if he had just hit one of them because i've seen it too many times he hits one he hits them all but he never he never got the first one off the board total guy is total entertainment and i know there's so many of like your it's just what they do they're so inside the games and they're still like trying to publish you know like you're i don't even want to call people out because i like these people so anytime i say something people are like paul's gonna write it down for a rivalry list but you're like dylan deethers or your kyle porters your in inner side golf medias they so badly wanted him to win like i understand people with the bet but like they so badly want him to win it's like they you were checking your bets they had already written their story, you know, for publish. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you hit the ball where he hit it on Saturday by that cliff, you're going up <laughs> and hitting the ball backwards a little bit, right? Just yeah, and I'm telling my friends, like, that's not a penalty. Yeah, I'm taking, <laughs> like, three feet back. Like, we're not, no, like, I'm getting a free, like, I'd, I'd argue with my friend if we were doing a match and I wasn't getting a point for that. And... Yeah, they got to put a fence there. Maybe they could take it down for the professional week. But you don't need some guy trying to hero and die now. Like, all that did was ruin the ambiance of, of Pebble Beach long term because I think they have to now put a fence there so people can't try it or even think about trying it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be the guy with, like, three beer into me being like, watch me do the speed shot. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Fantastic news.
And yeah. I, the, the best tweet of the day was, it's like, golf fans complain about CBS not using enough stats on the broadcast. Here's CBS showing stats of how Jordan Spieth could have fallen to his death. Like, that was it. They love that graphic. Yeah, no, that was, um, uh, geez, I get anxiety still watching it, to be honest. And it's funny, like, we got the full, as acknowledged by pretty much everybody, it was like the full Spethian experience this week in almost every single regard in, in some ways. So, yeah, he's a wild ride. And, and yeah, I know, like, our guy Andy Lax talked about it nonstop for, for almost six months, how Jordan Spieth sets up perfectly for pretty much every major venue this year. Well, isn't one of them in uh, Oklahoma? So anyone who went to Oklahoma State is a lock to win, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, um, he went to Texas. But I guess St. Andrews and the Masters make uh, will always make it a nice Masters uh, major schedule for, 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 for Jordan. Yeah, for, um, for Jordan, for Louie, for Leishman, all those guys. Day, Day yeah. is another one you can throw on. Zach Johnson, maybe he's one of both. Uh, but let's go back so, to Hoagie. let's go back to Hoagie for a second because yeah. I thought he was cooked on the front nine, and then uh, he double on five. He he went on the one hundred and forty yard hole. He went lights out on the back nine on those approaches. Then he started making the putts. Like once he made that putt on the par five, I just put my head in my hands and I had family over yesterday and i was watching the broadcast and they don't know what's going on as i'm going through like an emotional roller coaster i was like because uh, spieth misses the putt hoagie hits the long one spieth misses the short one on 17 i'm just like oh god it's over like this is it yeah. like spieth's gonna need to make eagle on 18 and just no one's making eagle on 18 with that pin position it's just not happening i don't know what to say i totally agree i had to like my daughter thought i was angry when hoagie hit the putt on 17 like I was like aggressive. I was aggressive. Like I was like, yeah, um, like popped out of the seat. So yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I totally get it in that respect. Hoagie was a wagon. He was a wagon that he seems to be, uh, it was that second place. And five minutes before that sequence, I'm just like, oh, I'm always going to remember this is the month where I had two pro-am hoagie second places at big numbers. Yeah. Nope. 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 So yeah, I don't know. There was something else I wanted to say about, about the players on well, Sunday, but was it I that, totally... that Seamus power was at 17 under. And then Tim was like, I'm really rooting for this power guy. And I think it was five over from that point. So Seamus power got it to 17 and the winning score ended up being 19, right? Like yeah. he got it like on the first or second hole of, of his, of um, his Saturday round, he got it to 17. The winning score becomes 19. It would have been incredible. And I guess so much for all the type line I'm talking about that they had to, you know, the stories about how record breaking it would have been. I feel like in some ways that's disingenuous with the setup of the pro-am and, and the different courses, but yeah, it's still incredible. I assume Spieth would have been like 100 to 1, 80 to 1, uh, 125 to 1 maybe at some peak moments. And that's only because he's Spieth. Like a true a player on their not I don't even mean true value because I don't know we're ever getting true value, but um yeah, if like, if, I don't know. if 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 Adam Hadwin and Jordan Speed yeah. had the same score and were playing in the same group that Hadwin would be like a thousand to one where Speed yeah. would be 125 to one. I know what you're saying. 
yeah sorry so that's so just incredible and i guess if anyone had the stones um to pull that i don't know fitzpatrick came alive as it was getting firm and fast i don't know what to say yeah the yeah, the, uh, the, the, I, the the moment it got relatively difficult fitzpatrick just starts inching up the leaderboard yeah <laughs> like every other day like, in those conditions so i don't know um did you uh did you make any live wagers on this did you bet mav mcneely minus 125 after six holes or maybe seamus power three to one after like the first round oh that no i didn't but i had two props i had uh, power over day and power (laughs) over spieth and for a moment i thought i was going to lose both of those head-to-heads and that would have tilted me huge so thankfully um power held off spieth i got our or or day i have a there's a few things I want to talk about, though, Pat, unrelated to Pebble, but quickly with Pebble, like people like, I guess because we have a show and we can like vent about it on the show on the Tuesday, um, but like spending the whole tournament tweeting about the coverage, like, I don't know, those people were starting to entertain me. I don't mean the people playing, although I will say Saturday night, I was over at my folks house. We had some people there. Uh, my dad had been in the hospital, so he was out. So that's good. Um, so we had some people over and all these people like 75 and above, they were loving the shit coverage. <laughs> like they were loving it. And it just always has me thinking like, we've got bets, we've got lineups, we've got props, but you see the ratings of, and it comes out. It's like, I like, what percentage are we? Like, we're just this loud vocal minority that, that like just wants to see all our shots, you know, on a you know, fighting for it. And I get it, but I don't think people realize or don't care to realize that that shit on Pebble beach, it still resonates in some weird way. And I observed it, observed it firsthand anecdotally. I think that the extended coverage of ESPN plus now where you can get away from that coverage and really, and obviously they don't have everyone, but normally they do have the players that most people want to see that if you do want to see the shots from those guys, you can just go over there. And I think that most of us are fluent enough in the internet that we can figure that out, that maybe you're right. And listen, I, there was a few of them. I actually really like Canelo's swing. <laughs> like the the, yeah. the power that he can generate. I mean, is they said he's been golfing for two years. The the fact that he has that sort of power right away. Like his turn is like, oh my god. You can you can see uh, you can see how he knocks dudes out. Put it that way. The short game has a lot to be desired. Willie Nelson's son, not bad. Uh, Macklemore, not oh. great. Didn't need to see like the. Didn't need to Macklemore's see the, a sandbagger, bro. There's no way you're a twelve. <laughs> He's just been like playing three or four years, there's no way you're a 12. Just, like, there's no yeah, but what are you gonna, chance. What, what are you gonna put up there? What does Larry Fitzgerald say he is? He must be decent. He's an athlete. All those guys, it seems, seems to come to them pretty naturally. You watch those like Lake Tahoe or any of the mixed events, it's always like Mark Mulder versus John Smoltz versus Derek Lowe. Um, something with the pitchers, but Sunday, I'll say CBS, in my opinion, did an incredible job in really um, alienating the amateurs. Now, maybe it's because in some ways the tier of amateur like has lost some status. And there was no Bill Murray on Sunday. Yeah. And you lose a lot of the guys that are there for, you know, like they're really not playing and the guys that want it were on the other side with Taylor Moore. Um, I think, but I thought they did a great job other than seeing Willie Nelson's son hit like an incredible shot. And wishing it was Andrew Putnam. Well, um, 
Well, there, there was that. There was getting him confused, like his ball confused Jake with Owen. Putnam's ball, and then getting him confused with Jake Owen. I was just like, what is going on here? <laughs> but um, to close on Pebble Beach, I think sometimes as golf fans, we kind of need to take a like a step back and see it from the Adam Scott perspective and maybe a network perspective. There's like 44 goddamn weeks of this shit. And anything they can do to change it up, like, how can you hate? I know it's, I, I don't mean hate because it's very, can be very tilting and frustrating, but it's more so like, I don't know. They, they'll, they'll screw up Riviera next week. Oh, like yeah. I've never been more tilted than I was Riviera a couple of years ago, where I think it was like Adam Scott was contending. Yeah. I, I had Damon money. I, I had Damon money. Damon, job. Damon was winning. We didn't see him on the telecast until Adam Scott almost hit him off the tee when he was standing in the middle but, of like the 15th fairway. <laughs> but Adam Scott was like tied for the leader one off and he made a double and we didn't even see it. Like it was the weirdest telecast ever and we were so mad and the only thing that saved them in some respects is it was quickly into covid and we lost golf for a bit and then when they came back we were just so happy to have any anything but yeah i think like adam scott says there's like 45 of these weeks only 10 of them matter they can do whatever they want with the other ones and as i said i was with old people who were I'm telling you, they enjoyed it far more than any Mav McNeely like flip to or or name any player. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but I think that the people just need some maybe perspective on it or they do have full perspective on it and they, they don't hate care. it. Well, I think there's two really easy fixes to this because the, the AM part of this tournament, I think hurts Sunday. I don't really care about Saturday. Blow it out on Saturday for all I care, but just end the am on Saturday and whoever the winning team is after the three rounds that you play the course, that's it. That's the end of the am part because once we get to Sunday, obviously these rounds are super long and if it goes to a playoff, maybe you don't even get it in at that point. But I think we were really robbed because we're still at the part of the season where they play threesomes on Sunday that we would have had some really cool threesomes down the stretch because we would have had that sort of like grouping of... You know, the guys that no one really expected to win or thought were going to blow it, you would have had, what are we, it would have been like Damon. Well, no, it would have been Power, Hoagie. No. Putnam, Hostler, and Hoagie, I think, would have been together. Then you would have had Cantley, Spieth, and Damon all play together, or Power, whoever it would have been. That would have been fun to see, like all the three guys, and then you see the dueling shots. People aren't all spread out by the holes, and you're trying to like do the math in your head. Well, have they played the easy hole? Have they played the hard hole yet? And everything was just taking forever. Uh, fortunately, Jason Day didn't slow anyone up. I thought he was going to fall down that cliff at one point, but he, he just packed it in, just like Cantley. Like, towards the end of the round, Cantley was like, screw this. I want to get out of here. But the good broadcast decision they did make was Cantlay got relegated to hey we're not showing you live anymore pal like you can't be lining up this one foot putt for three and a half minutes while we're sitting here watching you like nimble your feet back and forth the entire time like we will we will cut back to you after you've made your shot so he got like taken off live coverage he got he sort of got pushed to the this happened moments ago coverage for Patrick Cantlay <laughs> had to um, no, no other choice in that regard. I do think on Sunday though, I know it takes long. I think they did a good job and I don't think they showed many celebrities at all. hit golf shots on Sunday. No. And it's funny. You mentioned that broadcast when it comes to, uh, 
Riviera two years ago because Harold Varner III was winning that tournament. He duffed the ball off the tee on 10, and they never showed it on the broadcast. And I guess that transitions transitions us into Harold Varner III. You hit him outright. It's an amazing putty. Meet Bubba Watson. Hurt our Bubba number this week, by the way, which we normally just love to go to at this course. But shout out to Harold Varner. He's won the Australian PGA. He's now one in Saudi. Does he ever get a PGA win in his career? Yeah, of course. Like he can bag a Wyndham or, or something or even next year's Amex. Um, yeah, for sure. It's great to see. I don't even know why I bet him, uh, especially with players of that uh, caliber in that field. Um, but I don't know. My street book was giving a stronger number than what was out there. And I'm just like, screw it. I'll ride this guy. And I was really tilted as because uh, I actually taped that coverage to watch Sunday because that Varner and Fleetwood and Varner was inside 10 feet for the first eight holes and hit one putt. Um, so it was an incredibly frustrating day and Bubba making his charge. Nice to see, but yeah, thrilled for Varner. I have no doubts. He'll get a PGA tour victory. Uh, additionally, that was a really windy weekend in Saudi yeah, very, uh, and it really very. affected the scores. You have Varner. He wins there in a windy condition. Like as soon as the wind started blowing hard, like Wolf melted down both days as he was making his run. I was really pumped for Wolf to go get his win, win me some monies. But the other win that he had the direct op- to Phoenix, I, there would have to be a charter, right? Like there's enough guys playing. I think there's seven of them playing who played in Saudi or playing in Phoenix this week. Yeah, they probably hooked him up uh, a charter for sure. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably a part I of the hope. deal to go over there. But his other win in Australia in 2016, I believe that was really windy conditions too. So maybe we need to take a look at windy condition Harold Varner. I can get behind that wagon. Uh, I'm very much in favor of all HV3 things. Uh, and we'll see. Although, you know, now, I don't know. I'm certainly not running to, to bet him or chase more Harold Varner victories at this point. Uh, that's the Saudi Super League stuff came out last week. I talked about it with Cam and Pizzola on the Olympics coverage. That's what we started the show with last week. And do you even really care about this? Cause I don't, it's never going to happen. No, I don't care, but I think there are a lot of, I have a couple takes and I'm not fully versed on all of it, but one, if half this money being reported is true, I joked before even the Bryson deal came out. They said there's 22 for, for Poulter just to show up. To me, A, I think we grossly overrate, and Poulter's probably a bad example, like how much money these guys get outside of a select few outside of winning tournaments or what they do on the golf course. Like, there's this a, a giant misconception based on like a how Tiger and Phil showed up on all those lists of, of high ranking athletes. Um, I think of how much money is available to anybody who isn't uh, a true, true superstar. And to that point, like I would assume even being a true superstar might not help. Like I bet you Ricky Fowler makes just as much to wear clothes or more and use equipment than Justin Thomas. Hundred percent. I mean, in terms of endorsements, Ricky's got to be top five still. Yeah, he probably still is. So even being great, like, doesn't even necessarily put you to a certain point. And I bet you Justin Thomas is frustrated at that. So I think people really do underestimate or overestimate what these guys. Ninety nine percent of these guys are getting off the course. Poulter getting that twenty two. I joke 
that's like showing up at your auction league and someone starts heavy. Like, whoa. <laughs> Poulter got to like, does every, is that the scale? Everything from here? Like, yeah, Bryson's worth 122. The other part of it that just seems so off-putting is Phil. Like, I get it. Like Phil, and he's getting well more versed. He's like, I read all the fine print now. And, and the PGA is just filled with greed. As he says that in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> and he's literally maybe one of the most greedy players ever. And he's upset about digital rights and media rights. He should be. He absolutely he should, should be. be. I get it. But like at the same time, Patrick Mahomes isn't allowed to use a highlight. Yeah. In a commercial. No. For something he's doing. Yeah, like, and, and listen, that, that, that's on the NFL PA to negotiate on their behalf next time that everything is collectively bargained. But there is a bit of a difference between owners owning, like no one, the owners own the team. Therefore they own the property that's on the field in terms of the highlights, the digital rights, everything like that. The players will have to negotiate through their union in order to get a piece of that. Yeah, I agree. They in, gotta go get in, it. in golf, it's different. These are just guys out there. It's not like they're a part of a collective where, you know, they get a chunk of the guy that owns ever, I guess the PGA owns everything and they get a chunk of whatever the purse is. No, like these guys should be at least, I mean, there's no union to argue on their behalf. I get it, all but this, like, all this Saudi thing is, and with Phil coming out and saying all this stuff, he's just throwing shit at the wall here and being like, yeah, Here, here's, here's where we can get money. Here's where we can get money from the PGA Tour because no one wants to go play in fucking Saudi Arabia, but if they're going to be like, Phil's Hey, it's all just leverage for them. And the more they can get out of it, good for them. Squeeze it out of the PGA. And Phil's trying to help us here because Phil's making suggestions. It's sort of like, even if this league doesn't go off, like if they make eight proposals sort of like in an XFL viewpoint, like two of them could end up in the NFL, like mic'd up caddies and more mic'd up on the course. And feels like I'd be mic'd up for everything. Like those are amazing. Like they really take you in inside the game in some respects. I'd have a camera on my hat. Uh, I'm not saying we need that um, in, in certain respects, but like, you know, I'm sure if they have like 15 of these like ideas, we could see the PGA incorporate like the three real good ones in, in some respects, but, and, and you're right. They should have more accountability. I guess in the PGA's point of view, we're now in a social media age. They've never really been confronted with these sorts of things of players wanting to buy their clips. And the only people that ever do are major conglomerates like a capital one or uh, whatever. So it's like me trying like how do i put this so like obviously they can have exorbitant prices it's like me trying to fly to washington for whatever reason the prices are so expensive because they figure it's just government or rich business people buying them so we can have these crazy prices i guess now in this new digital age they should be like no we should probably have like a more um like normal format for guys to have access to their own highlights without charging them like a million per usage or at least give them a cut of the ownership of their own likeness that when these things sell that they get a cut of that money i'm sure that's where this all ends up it's no different than the writer's strike the wga strike when you know movies and tv went on hiatus then they had another one you know later on in the decades they had two in the decade where they went on strike and a lot of it had to do with digital rights and 
if this is going to be monetized, what sort of cut does the writer get in perpetuity over this? And you had to take a stand now, or it's just going to get written in and it's going to be more difficult to overcome this. But if the, it's like the NFL is selling NFTs of Patrick Mahomes, like you said, like, I, I think that the next time that the players union comes around, they're going to want a cut of that money. If they're using the likeness of the players on the field, they should be arguing for that in golf where you really own your image versus something in the NFL that you know, you're going to be compensated even more than that. Or, Hey, I'll go play in Saudi Arabia, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, but it's not all in Saudi Arabia. It's my no, understanding. It, yeah, they, it's, it's whatever. That, that's, that's where the money is coming from. Is yeah, the money is coming from the Saudis, which is its own, which is its own, you know, thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Put Throw it against the wall. I've got no issues with it. I'd be willing to call their bluff on majors. I really would. Well, if, but, like, but but the P- but, but, guys... but the PGA doesn't necessarily run the majors though. Is the I get it. Think. That's why I'd call the bluff. You'd miss the PGA. Whoops. But even the PGA isn't run by the PGA. It's run by the PGA of America, which is not the PGA Tour. Those are two separate entities. Technically speaking, you could still play in all of the majors and play on this other tour, I would think. Now, they might work out some sort of deal with the PGA Tour to ban these guys from playing, but do you really think Augusta's going to be like, no, Phil can't play anymore? No, I don't. I don't think any of the majors would say. I don't think the USGA would say Bryson um, can't play or Ian Poulter can't play. Like, I don't believe that. So that's like an empty threat to me, I guess, is all I'm saying. And that seems to be one of their bigger threats, the PGA Tour. And I'm saying to me, that's empty, Um, at least from my, you know, eight gazillion yards back in in my chair. Um, Yeah, it's an empty threat. So we'll see. I don't know, but they seem to think that they they'll, they'll put on worldwide events. I'll tell you what I don't care for. Um, well, I like team events in the construct of Presidents Cup, Ryder Cup, even like a one-off or two-off a year best ball. I think that the PGA could do an LPGA, PGA men, women mixed event. As I said, there's 45 of these things. They could do whatever they well, want. Well, don't 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 tell that to that guy on PGA Tour Serious Radio who was fired this morning. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Like you buddy. Woo! You're on the He must have thought no one listens to this, but even still, I I don't know. Like if you're gonna make those sort of comments and you don't want to get fired, you better be a fucking draw to a station, not some guy who's easily replaceable. Yeah. Um that's bad news. But I have no interest in a season-long golf league. Um, where like these guys are on the same team and their results help each other. Now, like, see, I, I see, I, no... see, I, I don't like that. I just golf is an individual gameplay. No, that's what I mean. I have like... no interest. That's so dumb. Like you're losing me if if oh, like this is the red team and oh, this is great for the red team. He's in 40th place, but he can make this and and uh, the red team would really use that T30. Like uh, that shit would drive me nuts. Like that'll lose me. I mean it. Like, it, I think the FedEx Cup should teach people about any, like, no one cares about the FedEx Cup, especially the East Lake tournament now, which is so convoluted, people can't really figure out what's going on, especially, like, the casual fan who doesn't necessarily know all the rules of it. Just play the fucking tournament. Whoever wins, wins. Like, is it, does it, is it really putting you out that much? Like, well, it's not fair that Patrick Cantlay didn't have a three-stroke lead or whatever. Like, who cares? Just win the tournament. How about that? Yeah, and then you win. 
I agree, but I have no issue with any sort of entity that's going to push the PGA to, to be maybe better. give us better yeah. experiences um, in that regard. So, yeah, I'm I'm very much for it, and we'll see. We're opening up new avenues. Like a few weeks ago, you know, we finally got a chance to talk about the Netflix thing, Pat, and we're like. And I was like complaining, like, what are they going to actually show us? Like, I'm happy to see Harry Higgs putting his feet up, pouring Tito's. And I love seeing the behind the scenes in the locker room and stuff like that. And I'm sure there'll be some try hard choreographed like pranks. All fun. I'm here for it. But what I really want to see is like. Zala, like Zalatoris after the loss, like Spieth after the loss. Like, are they going to give us that? Because in NASCAR, when one of those guys lose, they're right in their face. We get to see Toto angry, the driver angry. Like, that's what I like. I'm trying to think of things that would interest me. Or is the controversy just when Bryson tells Cantley to stop walking? (laughs) I actually wish Bryson would have played this Pebble event. I know he got hurt uh, over in Saudi. But there was a couple of those holes where Sunday would have been so much more fun if each of the holes was held up because Bryson was just trying to drive nine of the greens. That would have been so much fun. I'd be for that. Yeah. There's no worse feeling than being nauseous. I know when I uh, have a bit too much wine in the evening and my son wakes up at quarter to four in the morning, I'm not feeling the best when I wake up. And if you've ever experienced nausea, whether it's from the stress of the world or whatever it might be, you need to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. How it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of your brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal in your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you are sick. Like the name says, it legitimately is a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and you change the intensity depending on how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. I've been using it. It has been terrific for me. I have not woke up nauseous in like four months. So Relief Band, go get it. And Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of the year. Right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code MAYO, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. That's the best offer you'll find for Relief Band anywhere. But you have my code, so use it. Head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code MAYO, that's M-A-Y-O if you're really bad at spelling, for 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, Let's move on. We spent too much time on this. Let's get to the waste management Phoenix Open. I do want to give a special shout out to some of the viewers out there. I saw Sam won 100K. Shout out, Sam. We had another $100,000 winner, a $25,000 winner. Brad ended up winning the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League for like the third or fourth time at this point. Like some big scores. The Minimax was won by a viewer. So shout out to everyone out there who cleaned up this week. We had some good picks on the show. Uh, just, you know, 
Jeff, if you took a, the, the mix between my picks and Jeff's picks, you had a really good week. Jeff hit the winners. I had like the rest of the leaderboard that didn't cash me any outrights or top fives or anything like that. And reminder to everyone to go to fantasynational.com slash mayo to make your own inputs. And that's how a lot of these people are doing everything. I love the weeks when people win big money, especially, listen, I would love to win big money too. That's obviously my number one priority. But if I lose and you now the viewers out there win a collective like $600,000, pretty okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, happy we well, like you. I had Hoagie, you had Spieth, put up Fitzpatrick, Putnam, Putnam. <laughs> uh, even Bezadenho made a charge that would have, you know, if you propped him up in a lot of ways, it could have cashed. Uh, Lanto with a late, a lot of guys didn't even notice who was uh, who I was on ended up having um, very nice weeks. So in totality, I feel like I read that event quite, quite well and hopefully i'm seeing this one clearly well we are at tpc scottsdale home of the 2017 pat mayo bachelor party which was a lot of fun to 7, yards par 71 although these are three of the easiest par fives on the pga tour a collective minus 521 in 2020 i believe between the three of them uh, which is kind of nuts you can make eagle on all three of them or you can put it into the water on number 15 like a lot of people do one of the most awkward holes there is on the pga tour and as Jeff mentioned before, this is sort of the cream of the crop that ends up winning here. Uh, and it doesn't seem like it every year because you have this collection of like weird names, but just look at the winners. Brooks, Webb, Fowler, Woodland, Hideki, Hideki, Brooks. Then you have the Stadler, Phil, and Kyle Stanley year before that. Stanley. So basically since Brooks won, uh, and that was people's introduction to us, weirdly enough, that was one of the first big hits we ever made, like doing the show together was that 2015 Brooks Kepka win. It may have been like our second or third show ever and people didn't even know who brooks was at that point brooks was here 40 to 1 cash it then we cashed him again last year at 55 to 1 spoiler i bet him at 35 to 1 already because why not uh you might as well just bet brooks at this event if they're hanging any sort of number at him that's just sort of a fomo bet at this point but it's difficult to fill out a card because the books aren't really giving us anything this week, at least early on, as the odds have come out. So at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, Rom is obviously the favorite. He's never finished worse than T14 at this event. And that's included when he played as an amateur at this event. So he's 6-1 to one at DraftKings Sportsbook. Thomas is 10-1. to one. I found a 14 on Thomas at other places. So numbers fluctuate in this top end. Hideki's 14. Cantley and Spieth and Victor Hovland are all 16. Xander Schauffele is 20. Scheffler is 22. How's your burger? Coming off a WD with a back injury. It's 25 to 1. I, I, it's like they're not factoring in the injury at all. He's going to drop as the week goes along because no one wants to bet a guy with a back injury at 25 to 1. But you start hanging a 33 or a 35 on burger, all of a sudden you're going to get action on that number. So I'm curious to see where that one goes as the week goes along. But this one's really difficult. I think you need, unless you have a really strong feeling on someone, wait for this board to mature because not people just can't stay at these numbers or no one is going to be bet. The only number that sticks out to me right now is Xander at 20. It's a good number on Xander. You took the words out of my mouth, Pat. They put a 20, they put a two in front of Xander and that makes me, they have my attention with that. I'm not going to lie. I do this a lot. I talk about it a lot and long shots do hit. Um, no, I talk about it a lot, but I never would actually do it. I don't think I've, how do I put this? John Rom getting my whole clip is always like a quick part of my morning. 
It really is. It really is. I just have too much fun making a card and chasing a John Rom win is, is would be exhausting. It's not as in fun. Some respects. So some I mean especially cuz we're in the content business as well. I like to talk about the entire field. I like to have multiple bets on the go. I, the only time I ever remember you emptying the clip was DJ 5 to 1 at the Canadian Open. He fucking smoked everyone. Yeah, two <laughs> two times actually. And now we forgot someone when we talked about Pebble. My nemesis Troy Merritt, <laughs> oh, yes, and loans, Ricky. Ricky Fowler. It's like the only time I ever guaranteed, like went on a Monday and said, I guarantee this guy is going to win. It was Ricky Fowler in a scrub field, quick and loans. And he finished second to Troy Merritt. And here he showed up as so many people had bet centered all on that board with a fucking soul patch. I thought he was here to ruin the world. Merritt shot a and 60. I like him. Merritt, I do. Merritt, I think, shot a 62 that Sunday to beat Fowler. I think that's what it was. Oh, he's my nemesis. My nemesis for that still. But, um, yeah, so Xander's got a two in front of it. Rom, like, you know he's going to win soon, but chasing it, what's the, like, trying to call it, like, is that more fun? Is that fun, trying to call the Rom win? That doesn't seem like it's going to be fun especially if you are wrong when you call it. So just let it happen and let the board get wiped away. Sort I, of still my theory. I think I it's, love the thought of it. I think it's hilarious that Spieth is 16 to one right now, considering I bet him at 22 to one against a pack of losers last week at a course where he plays really well all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're probably right, especially as it pertains to DraftKings. You've got to let this top of the board develop a little bit, but... I don't know. There's a guy, you know, right at triple digits who I like. And other than that, I don't see myself straying very far, Pat. I well, don't see myself straying very far. It's just you read off the list of winners. They're just complete players. Like they're complete players in, in, in a lot of respects, all of them, at least when they won, you know, Ricky, you know, when he won here and, and you know, would be a wagon and go to playoffs all that stuff. So. I, I didn't have Ricky money that year. I believe you did. I had grace money. The guy that uh, ended up trying to chase him down. Remember this? Ricky rode the struggle bus all Sunday. That, that awful triple bogey he made. I embarrassed myself in front of people. Like it was bad. It got sloppy. Like here you are. It's a Super Bowl party. And as I say all the time, football season's over. You're a Bengal fan. You're a, you're a Ram fan. It's as important as life. I get it. For the rest of us, unless you got some big future, it's just the cherry on top of your ice cream sundae. But I like my four scoops and my brownie and my fudge sauce. This this cherry with like people who don't care and their wives, football season ended. That being said, I embarrassed myself. Like I was a mess that because Ricky Fowl, like people will never look at me the same because of that Fowler experience that Sunday. Um, yeah. So let's, let's move on. Even the Finau loss in the playoff oh, here when Finau could never win was so painful. I, I got, oh. I got my heart ripped out the year that I was there in 2017. Hideki ended up coming back to win. I had Ben Ann and Louie and I believe they were the co-leaders going into the final round and nope, 
not going to happen. Well, so th this has been a place of great joy for me over the years and a place of great heartbreak for me over the years as well. I've had a lot of second place finishes at this event. It's just funny to go back. At least you won the money with Fowler. He ended up winning. So that's great news. But I did look on Fantasy National and the one thing I did notice versus most events, listen, every single week, the, the key stat is going to be strokes gained approach. It is the most important thing you can do in <laughs> golf. However, when you look at the distribution between driving, iron play and around the green it's a lot more flat in phoenix than it is at almost any other course like this will really test ut to green and where the greens are so fast in phoenix i, I think it kind of compensates for some really crappy putters we've seen kyle stanley has a win at this event hideki has two wins at this event like that finau almost won bad putters can win here Webb lost in a playoff to Hideki before he was good Webb putter. Like that was the first sign of, oh my, like did Webb fix something with his putting? Um, uh, also, so yeah, we've seen some weird putting stories here, no doubt. And honestly, we're lucky. You spoke of your bachelor party and your heartbreak that week, but there'd have been a lot more heartbreak that week if Phil Mickelson uh, dare touch Tim Anderson. He just suffered Louis Anderson. He did. Face. He did. I have a video of Phil touching cussed. And then Phil was like kind of in contention. Then he was no longer in contention. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Phil pulled the hand back. That's right. Yeah, that's what happened. I think he pulled it back. He pulled it back from cussed. Didn't want to, didn't want to touch cussed. Smart move on Phil's part. Cause I, who, although he, Louis might've had a major last year. Well, that's the tough scene. I mean, when we go over, we did the Custy review panel. Uh, that show comes out next week. It's pretty funny. Uh, three, three, it has Bronstetter, Kenny Kim, and my buddy, uh, the Kiefer, going through each of the categories with all their cuss stories. It's pretty good. Uh, Kenny is on fire in this episode. Uh, we, we may need to do some, like, extra content with Kenny if he keeps this up because it's just fucking hilarious to me. And I think everyone's going to enjoy that one. So tune into that next week on the Pat Mayo Experience. Uh, I'm seeing some other numbers out here. So let's talk about the rest of the market. Um, Thomas, 14 to 1. Cantley, 14 to 1. Vic, yeah, he opened at 20 and got beat down really quickly. Like, 16 and 18 seems to be the best on him now. You can get a Hideki at 18. You can get a Xander at 22. A Scheffler at 30 a burger at 30 like you can find wiggle around in the market to find better numbers because there's so many good players that it's really hard to price everybody i was praying that justin thomas was at a sight at a mind kind of thing after kind of blowing it at tory on the weekend but the, the books were not having it. i was hoping we'd catch a 20 not even close to happening the best number i found is 14 and I really like Justin Thomas this week is the thing. I want to find a number where I can bet him at. Like, I much prefer him to Cantlay, him to Hovland, him to Spieth. But, you know, at, at a certain point, if I can take Xander for eight points more, I'm probably going to do that. Uh, yeah, Xander's the guy that I've kind of earmarked there. And Hovland. I missed any early 20s. If there was an early 20, I'd have jumped all over it, although it's weird. Like, why would that stop me from betting a 16? I'm not sure. Um... How big of a number do you need on Thomas? I might go with the 14. Like, it would be the, the shortest yeah. bet that I've made all year. I'm hoping. It just it seems like he's being talked up. Like, I wrote him up. I've seen other people talk him. So I don't think that the number is actually going to go down at this point. Maybe I can find a 16 somewhere by Wednesday, and maybe that's good enough. But it all also depends on, do, do I have the discipline to not fill out the rest of my bets by then? Because if I end up betting five guys, then I can't in you know good conscience put in justin thomas at 14 to 1 on top of like already betting other guys so i i need to 
by Tuesday afternoon. I kind of need to see where the winds are blowing on some of these numbers, but I don't want to end up in a situation where I bet Brooks and Xander and Hideki or something like that. If I can find a 20 and be like, oh yeah, I like Thomas now that he's 18. Like it can't really work like that. I don't see that happening. And I would honestly be surprised if you got a 16, but that's just my opinion. You might be right. Uh, let's see the best number. Yeah. The, the best number I can find right now is 14, 14. And maybe that's good enough for me. I, I and that's of, from a book that like you might've got, would have given you the 16 if there was going to be one. Yeah. I, I looked at the site with usually the best number on the top end guys and they're hanging a 14. The other places are hanging a 14 here now too. I think DK got bet up pretty easy pretty early because he went from 12 to 10 super quickly and Vic Vic opened at 20 on DK Sportsbook then dropped to 16 almost immediately so it, it's tough at the top of the board here I what are your take on Berger like if he drops to 35 or 40 because of this back injury because no one bets him would you really be willing to gamble on Berger at an event where he's played really well in his career can't putt for a lick here for whatever reason or you know hit his irons here he can putt here but we know how good he is with his irons would that interest you at all I would have to watch that one, but at the moment, it's kind of a red flag for me. I, I, I know people are always, you know, the injured golfer likes to roar. Um, the I, I don't know. Like, it, it would have to cross 30, but it, where I can make my bets right now, Pat, like, I'm more inclined to bet Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, uh, Scheffler at 30. Scheffler at 30 is not a bad number, uh, considering if there's 22s on the market. I can see that. You might be able to even find a 33 three if you look hard but it enough, just like look, a 32 is the best number i see yeah 32 i've seen that one it's one that i'm staring at it's one of those bets though pat and that doesn't mean i can't also bet brooks but i'm not really planning on betting brooks at the moment even though i did hit him twice here at phoenix i'm not running to take the 35s things just don't feel right and um yeah but they didn't feel right but to bet scotty chef but, 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 but look if, not, if brooks had not won this event last year what do you think his number would be it would be 55 to 1 again yeah you're because he was right. god awful coming into this tournament last year too you're you're probably right and i've always joked that the high 20s low 30s is feels like it's like a brooks dead zone uh like beware of brooks when it's majors and he's on and and there's a brooks dead zone quickly with well I mean, if I talk about burgers, I'm just going to end up in that whole situation. But I like Scheffler a lot. He's a complete player. Um, he does sort of profile very well, in my opinion, with the past winners here. It would be such a kick in the nuts. And I don't care how many winners I hit on Sunday. If I don't bet Brooks and I bet Scheffler and Xander <laughs> and Brooks wins at 35, nothing will make me feel more inferior than that than that so you know sometimes you can't put a price on peace of mind um with burger no i have to pass and that's i guess a whole other conversation pat and we've already been a long show but i don't know what the answer is for people to think that like how to get the information it is embarrassing though when he is in a press room and no one asks him about an injury that was clearly apparent the week before that's where we have the problem, but there's no like team PR to, to let you know a guy's status or anything. And I don't know if there are even people on the ground whose job it is like those people who you want to be asking about players and injuries are literally there probably more likely by their editors 
to do a story on the groundskeeper's dog. Yeah, no, you're hundred, you're hundred percent right. Like it's weird. It's weird in a macro sense. Golf is covered. Fantastic. I know we bitch about the coverage, but I just mean when there are like golf stories, New York times, your Forbes, like your sort of preeminent media sources love to do golf stories, but golf is obviously in a micro sense, missing somebody. Um, and I don't know, like, does the tour feel they need to employ that person themselves on their own digital end? I don't think CBS feels like that's their responsibility. They're just there to put the event on TV for four days or two days or some days, none at all. Maybe that should be a golf channel thing. Um, but the concept of somebody traveling week in and week out with the tour, forgetting COVID in the landscape of, of budgets in these sort of like, you know, bare bones sort of ways. I don't like, no one does that. Does anybody travel with the tour each week in like a reporter sense? I do they? I don't know. I have no idea. It'd be really expensive to do that because at least, yeah, like so, at, le- at least with reporters for teams, they're you know, half the games are at home where the person presumably lives, which is easy. But to there's do. six and, reporters and, and, at practice that she, like just tweet that this guy's limping or that guy's walking. Like it's such a different animal. Like but, to make comparisons that you know that a baseball player is battling something versus needing to know a golfer. Now it's it's so polarizing when it's a golfer who's the defending champ and gets a 30 minute or 25 minute press conference. That's a, like, I can excuse if you don't know that uh, if you don't know that Bill Haas is battling something or just name anybody back there. Like I can excuse that when it's a guy you've had a chance to sit with the whole represented media who are there can sit with, and it's been documented in some respects, although we say documented, the injuries only seen to people like watching ESPN live coverage in some respects also. So I don't have an answer, but there's a big void in the micro sense of, of golf coverage. I agree with you, but I don't know. They don't have to tell you if they're hurt or not. So then you're just relying on them. Like burger could be like, no, my back's fine. What are you going to do then? It's not like they have an official injury report that they have to fill out like other sports. Like it's all pretty subjective to the person and people aren't necessarily great at diagnosing their own injuries. Like we've seen enough players be like, yeah, I'm sort of stiff this week. My back kind of hurts. They might just be using it as an excuse to lower expectations going into the week. They, they could just straight up lie to you about it if they really wanted to. Yeah. And the last thing I've agreed with you for years we've spoken about is an injury or like, I don't need to know that that would make it actually harder to see like, Oh, Hoagie. He's like a sore finger. Hoagie. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I'm crossing him off. Like it would, you would, you, your head would spin with the information you were given and the lack of transparency within it. And it would probably make this game of picking winners, Harder, and if Berger wasn't a defending champion, maybe he he withdraws previous. Like, but he felt he gave it one hundred and ten percent to pull it through, and did obviously obligations as a defending champion for an event that is like already in the you know being picked on like in 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 inner golf circles. Like the event is a, like kind of a I don't want to call it a laughing stock, but you guys know where I'm I'm going with it. It's no event has probably lost more prestige in the last 
40 years between that and the Canadian Open, I would say. Yeah, it's true. Last guy from this range, what's the number get to Hideki before you bet him? Because this is the Hideki Open, and it seems like everyone wants everyone else, not Hideki here. Yeah, it used to be just the Hideki and Ricky Open in some respects. Now it's just Hideki in that stance. So you're right. I mean, 18 to 1, I doubt they put a – it's a good number. I doubt they put a 20 in front of it. I am going to have a small, powerful card, Pat, like small and and powerful. Um, So, yeah, Hideki, Xander would be the two guys at 20 or below that I like. Um, So, Scheffler. uh, But, yeah, Hideki's kind of being forgotten at the the moment. Yeah, so for me, the the short list here for me is Thomas, Hideki, Xander, and Scheffler. I'm I'm with you on Scheffler. And Scheffler kind of falls more into the next range once we see the maturation of the odds. But I don't know if I can get to Thomas at 14. Maybe Hideki at 18 I can get to. I'll hold out for that 20 and see if it comes. Uh, And Xander at 22, it's a pretty good number. So I'm going to consider those guys. I have not made a wager on any of them yet. The middle tier of players is really interesting because I had bet one of these guys and then Tim told me who his one and done was and I immediately cashed out that bet. Not, I'm not playing with that sort of fire at this event, but we have Burns and Kepka both at 30 at DraftKings Sportsbook, Finau and Webb and Louie both at 35, Seamus Power and Bubba Watson both at 40 to 1, The Gooch, Werner, Connors, they're all at 50 to 1 in this field and then you just kind of keep scrolling down the board. You have... Horschel and Adam Scott, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Abraham Answer. I assume Paul was just switching the board. Is Maverick McNeely actually out, Paul? All right. Breaking news. Mav McNeely not playing in this event. Luke List, maybe he goes on a heater here. Him or Hoagie, they're both in this range now. English and Wise, they're down here. People will bet Fowler this week 100%. And maybe they're justified in that. That's that whole range on DraftKings Sportsbook. I made one bet, and the number is gone already. I bet Bubba at 50 with the each way, and that number immediately dropped to 40. But shame on Bubba for playing well over in Saudi because his number just would have stuck at 50 or 60 had he have not come in second over there. And now we're back to the one course on earth where Bubba has played well and never won. And seems to be in good enough form to come in second place. Good enough for me. Kills the first round here as well over the years. But I bet Sam Burns when I saw the 35 and then Sam, and then Cuss said, oh, I'm going to pick Sam Burns this week. I'm like, I'm out. See you later. Not doing that. And I bet Brooks at 35, obviously. <laughs> Okay, so a lot to unpack here. This seems like a very exciting range. Uh, I, too, I guess, could have been like the idea of Sam Burns. I think he was the first-round leader here last year, Pat, as part of a nice part of early-season golf. Um, We're right in the Bubba pocket with Riv next week. If you think Bubba's going to do something now, go bet him for the Masters because we're at two events where how he performs at Phoenix is all – he doesn't have to win Phoenix – but go look at his performances at Phoenix. And when he has good ones, which are often, they usually end up in good years. For me, it's very weird, anecdotally for Bubba, but very telling on how his year is um, is going to go. Always seems to play well here. Brooks, we've already spoken about. Bubba is a, Bubba run. is a, I got to, you can get a hundred to one on Bubba to win the Masters right now. Seems like a big number. Yeah. Um, okay. Jeez. We keep, I keep getting lost, so I don't want to do this. Yeah. I like Bubba at a hundred, but what was most embarrassing on the weekend, Pat, like really embarrassing people. I like, I like people. 
is Jason Day to win the Masters? Get your heads out of your arse. I don't even know who said it, but it's resonated with me. <laughs> it really triggered you, huh? No, someone said something previously. Jason Day lives in Ohio. Jason Day decided to make home for many years, his whole career, his wife's hometown. Not Florida, not Arizona, not Vegas, Ohio. Now, the Jason Day story is incredible. Like, what he had been through, his childhood, disgusting, to, like, be the man he is, the career he is, the success he is. It's like a one in a million. It's like winning an Oscar, a Gram. Like, I think they give Grammys to everybody. Um, (laughs) Like, truly, a one in a million story. And he cashed it in. He cashed it in. But there's no, like, effort for this second wave to win a Masters, people. You can't live in Ohio and think you're going to have a second run and win a Masters. So I'm sorry. Bubba, 100. Adam Scott, 80. Full send. That's what you're about. And as much as I talk about Bubba, Scott's here this week and Scott's at Riv. So I got to make my Adam Scott 80 to 1 decision. Because it can be be fifty with any signs of life in in these next two events. Well, you know I'm a full believer. But the Jason Day thing, because he's playing well at Pebble, huh? Like no, he's he's just no. There's so way too much volatility there. No, no, please, Bubba hundred, Scott eighty. You want a revival? Look for them. Look for them. Not not him. So all I, bet- I hope I'm wrong. Okay. But that's my point. Okay. Well, I bet Brooks and I bet Bubba like I do every year at this event. 35 to 1, 50 to 1 on those two guys. Those are the only two Any bets word I- on Louis' health? What's wrong with Louis? Didn't he just with he withdrew from Saudi? Or you just withdrew in his last events? I thought that was to go to like a daddy-daughter dance with his kids. Okay, then good. I just saw withdraw. Thank you. I, I don't know. I, I saw him post about going to this dance. So... Sounds lovely. I'm a girl dad. That's awesome. I think he's got three daughters. Um, yeah, so good. And the local farm town, uh, nice daddy-daughter dance. Because Louie, in many ways, profiles very, very well with many of the, like, not great putters have won here. Very, like, total, complete I would say player. I would say Louie's a pretty great putter. I'd say that's one of his, like, defining okay, attributes fine. is yeah, how good yeah. he is on the greens. Uh, all right. Uh, scrambling, I guess, can be an issue, but these are these are easy greens to hit. I, I, I just want to make the case. I think it this it works very. This is like a, a very good Louis layout on the surface, like very good. And I guess you could say Feinberg, like what layouts aren't good Louis layouts, but he's a total package player that, in my opinion, um, I don't know, might not be talked about this week, but. I don't know, 35, 40 to one. Very attractive. attractive. I believe he is the only guy in this field who has not had a worldwide start yet. This will be his debut (sighs) for 2022. I don't know if I care about that or not. I I really don't like if it's, we don't know what the guys are doing when they're not playing. Like, do we think that Louis hasn't picked up a club and has legitimately not swung a club in six months? No, I no one thinks that. So no, I don't think that, but I think competition matters from the outright market for a guy that never wins. Competition matters like competition matters. Well, maybe, this is, well, maybe, well, maybe this is his new strategy. It's not working for him before competing against okay, people. Maybe this is the move for him. 
I agree. But now I got to make up a narrative. What did we do for six months? Like with DJ before Tori, even though we play great, I wasn't moving on the outright because you're just, you're, you're a guy. You're like, you like to party. You got the kids like holiday season, busy, busy guy. Um, but on the other side of that, I was pretty confident in Neiman because I'm like, oh, this guy's got nothing in his life. Like golfing, being good at golf, young, like be good. And, and it looked like he got off to a, listen, that they literally played the same. So it kind of doesn't matter. But one was 80 to one, one was 20. I don't know, Louis, family guy, six months, lots of kids, first start. Sometimes, as you've said, Pat, I got to find reasons to not bet guys. 100%. In a, in a field this competitive, I don't want no first start. Do you I don't want, want no first start. Do you want don't. Do you want Finau or Webb based on how they're playing? Finau at 40 at, at a book that if I took does my that, shirt does, off, does, does, does like that mean, mascot. Does that mean you're going to bet Finau at 40? Because he is not playing well. No, I'm saying Fino at 40 is something that I can't just ignore. So I have to compress that, but you're right. He is playing horrible. He um, looks really lost when you load him up on the fantasy national. It just doesn't look like it's supposed to look like forgetting the win, like the win equity you can make fun of or not care about just statistically and reliability with Fino doesn't seem to be there at the moment. Russell Henley is 30 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. Who doesn't want us to bet him? It's like him and Scheffler are the two guys DraftKings is saying, don't bet. Yeah, please don't bet on these two. We're going to make their odds as bad as possible. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Make I, a I, Henley. I, Henley's fine. If he was like 60, I'd have, I'd feel good about it. At 30, I have I'd zero. rather bet Burns. I'd rather bet yeah. Brooks. I'd rather take a swing on. Oh, you on mean, you other... mean, you mean you would rather bet top 10 players in the world rather than Russell Henley at the same number? No. Yeah. I, well, sure. So yeah, there's not really much for me to think about on that one. It's not an industry low number. I haven't really thought about Henley at all. It, it is. Cause I'm looking at Henley 55 to one at other places. Right. So they, they really don't want to make fun of that. They, they, they may have been taking some, Hey, listen, 55 to one sounds like a proper, uh, proper odds on Russell Henley. 30 to one means please don't bet on this guy. So something fishy going on there. I like Connors better than I like Henley anyway, but like Scott, I see Scott at a 55. Like, are you going to bet Scott this week? Yeah. Yeah, I am. T11, T10 in the Middle East swing for Adam Scott. I am betting Adam Scott this week, um, 55 to 1. I actually already, you could say that's the only bet I've made so far, Pat. Yeah, he, he shortlist for me. Had to scratch off Burns because of the Ander curse. Scheffler at 30. A lot of these guys it could are going to be get- Riviera tune-up. It could be Scott's Riviera tune-up, but, and I'm embarrassing myself with, liking a guy to have a big year and I'm gotta just I wanna bet him. I wanna bet him. Frothing, frothing for it. Homa 75 or 80 to one where you can find him right now. Obviously he's defending next week at Riviera, but there's one thing about Max Homa. He'll win in events where all the good players are playing. He's done it twice already. The thing about Max Homa is vintage C Woo, right? Like yeah. the old school C Woo of either T tening, T fiving, or just being horrible. Agreed. So he's got that. And from an outright perspective, we're cool to take missed cuts. You know, they mean the same, especially when you're not each weighing as we've crossed 50, Pat. Like Brooks. Yes. Brooks won at 50 last year, but you know, 
asterisks. It's Brooks. It's an outlier. I guess the books didn't have faith. I, you, like many others, were smart enough to make that bet. Don't worry, I lost it on the Chiefs. Like I do every time I win money on this event. I lose it on the Super Bowl. Um, answer. Another guy, sort of like Finau, like not playing as great as you want. This, this course has shown, like we've seen guys win and they can overpower it. But a guy like Webb, um, like you can win this thing tactically also. Um, do you even have faith in, in answer? I would rather that's a big number for the guy. It is. I think for this particular course, I think I'd rather have Connors and hopefully he just putts on these really fast greens because we've seen bad putters win here in the past. And it looks like he's improving his around the green game. Two straight events where he's actually gained around the greens. So it's his Connors or answer now we're talking about. Concert or Connors over answer this week. I don't know if I'm going to bet either one of them. I'm probably not going to bet either one of them, but. That would be where I'm sitting with that. There's just not much beyond the 50 to one, like the 50 to hundred range. Like they keep hanging these Billy Horschel numbers. Like he's 66 to one this week. I mean, he's been contending, hasn't he? Contends. He loves to spoil parties as we've mentioned. Um, I just see the way I'm betting this event, Pat. I don't think I'm going to have money in this range. Like I I'm going to, bet a guy at a triple digits who I like and I'm a fan of and who's played well before and maybe I'll listen to people who are smarter than I and I'm sure there'll be a couple guys up here that'll be really popular who we can talk about at 100 but it's 50 to 100 it's kind of like a dead a dead range for me this week after Adam Scott after so, Adam so, Scott so 90 to 1 Ricky Fowler is not what you're locking in no, I haven't bet Ricky. I will say you will in defending bet Ricky. Ricky. You will bet Ricky. Sometimes I it's a charity special. It's gonna have to come with a bet to charity um, because I can't just donate to the books. I have to donate to a good cause. If at this point I'm gonna make Ricky Fowler bets, it's my own personal rule. It kind of sometimes holds me back from making them, but I've are like the charity's got a quick PayPal access now, so I guess you that shows you how much i've been betting the fucking um but i don't like it's a course that's really course history is kind of a part of it we've seen guys play well continue to play well so you know makes you like really twist your arm on ricky we've seen ricky in this slump well it's more than a slump we've seen him show up for one round for a round we saw that tory we've seen him maybe put like a round and a half two together I don't know. I don't know if he can stack them. That's where my concern is. Like you got to stack your rounds. Can he, can he piggyback the good ones with not horrible ones? Um, but course history guys bring this thing home multiple times and can't kind of ignore it. Kucher too, kind of back here has always played well here in the eh. same sort of betting range. Eh, I'm off Kucher for this one. I uh, just like I'm off Siwoo for this one. It's been a real disastrous tournament for old Siwoo because it's funny. You kind of hit on it. There's been a lot of multiple winners here. Also, 10 players who have won at TPC Scottsdale have also won at TPC Sawgrass for the Players' Championship as well, which would have pointed me towards Siwoo. And then I went and looked at how he's performed at this course over the years. Maybe that's, that should be irrelevant because it's I Siwoo. I would ignore it. I don't know, man. 120 to one. There are some corollaries there. Siwoo. If there's a player you can ignore that with, it probably is Siwoo. Patton. This is a very like boomer. You can find yourself in some boomer bust situations here. 
And as I kind of mentioned, a lot of the guys that have won here are very aggressive, like always go for the pin type of guys. Hideki, Ricky, Brooks. Bubba. Like they're and just Bubba's had all that Bubba. success here. They're always in attack mode. And because there is such a fine line, hey, you can debate how much you like certain holes here, but um, you've got to sort of have that element. So Siwoo has a part of what I really do like. Like he'll just attack every everything and it could end up with a triple but this is one of those weird elements if you stay out of the desert i think you're you're totally live yeah i mean that's completely fair so long shots uh see woo is up there maybe i'll end up throwing him on the fomo card anyway we got to stay with woodland okay so i i have six guys highlighted that i want to talk about i've bet two of them already and then i'll just throw out that Every single person I know is betting KH Lee this week. So just keep that in mind. He's 140 to one. He was second here. He's got the track record of TPC or something, right? He came second here last year. He just plays really well at TPC courses by and large. So everyone's on KH Lee this week. Telling you that right now. That number's probably going to drop. So here are the names that I have highlighted. Aaron Wise, 110 to one. Molinari and Woodland, 125 to one. I have bet Mito Pereira with the top five at 140 to one. I have bet my guy, the Gim Reaper at 225 to one with the top five each way. I also looked at Higo. He's down there as well. Uh, probably not going to get to Higo, but those are deep odds for a guy who's like a top 50 guy in the world. I like a lot of what you mentioned, especially like Wise, Woodland, and Mito. Those are guys that could all have a little bit of my attention. I'm Molinari. Gonna, I'm going to bet wise as we're speaking right now. Molinari bet. out of California. Not really trying to find Mito on my book here. He's low. 140 is where I'm seeing him. Seeing 125. Right, I, you, you get mad even though last week I went, I went uh, when I went Putnam shopping, you started to yell at me. So I'm not going to do that right you, now. You mean you don't, um, you don't think you should be scouring the books while we're doing a show live? instead of talking yeah woodland woodland 100 wise 100 and mito those are the long shots i like and shit see woo that's four long shots fuck well if you stay out of that 50 to 100 range then you know you yeah i time. guess you got time for those guys oh man i'm gonna i'm just thinking of a xander scheffler scott card and it doesn't feel right saying it well, you can always add guys live at minus 125 after three holes. <laughs> Quick They've picks. Been, uh, oh. Quick picks. No, I, I just... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm as guilty as anybody. Like, I always just see Rom and Cantley playing well. And I, trust me, I'm not betting them. Like, I just will take losses or look for guys that the books are sleeping on making a move. But I'm one of those guys that always think the tournaments are over, even when they're not, and I end up hitting a winner. Just, I don't know. It's better for my headspace. Also, when I think they're over, I'm not, like, re-betting, if that makes any sense. Like, oh, it's over. Even though I'm mad when it becomes a really close tournament again, you're like, oh, my God, these guys had those numbers and those numbers and those numbers, and I didn't even look at them because I thought Rom or Cantley were for sure going to win. I don't know, but either way, that's all. It's fun. Quick. Quick picks for the Waste Management 
Phoenix Open. Uh, guys, I have money down on already. Brooks at 35. Bubba, 50 to 1 with a top five each way. Wise, 110 with the top five. Mito, 140 with the top five. Gim, 225 with the top five. So I've got those out of the way. I'm probably going to go back to the top of the board somewhere. I'm hoping for a better number on Justin Thomas. I want to see what happens with the Hideki number. Probably going to, if those don't mature, I'll probably be in on Xander at 22 instead of those two guys. But I can see myself going Hideki, Xander, calling it a week. Uh, And then I'm going to take a hard look at Scheffler as well. I think that's a pretty intriguing number. But Brooks and Bubba are the two less than 100 to 1 that I like right now. What are you doing? Okay. I don't want to make decisions this early in the week, but... Uh, the only bet I made is that Scott north of 50 on the site that where uh, if I took my shirt off, I'd look like their mascot. And um, yeah, and I really like Scheffler at 32 and Hideki and 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 Xander. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it feels like I just verbalized a winner, but that's that's what I like. And the long shots, we just said them the ones I could be poking around, but I don't have much faith in uh I don't have much faith in in north of 50 to one here this week. One and done picks for the waste management open. I think you beat me. No, you, yeah, you took Mav. He beat Rose who beat day. So Cus took Sam Burns as is one and done. Can someone out there track this for us, please? Cause I don't want to do it. I really don't. It's just three picks a week. I can backdate you with the stuff. We have Rick keeps track of the other like season long one we do. The race for the Mayo Cup is done through automation. I just don't want to have to go manually put these in every single week. So someone out there wants to be a pal. Can you keep track of this for us? Who are you taking as your one and done? I'm so bad that I'm literally just playing to beat you guys and like win our own little mini game. Hey, it's uh, uh, Who am I going to take? I'll take Hideki. Okay, hide Decky. I'll take, well, if I can't take Thomas anywhere else, I'll take Justin Thomas. Why not? Who cares? Just trying to beat you guys. These will not be, these, I mean, I had Spieth and I had Spieth and Cantley and Putnam, I think, in the giant one and done. So I actually moved up in that one because very few, I mean, some people had Tom Hoagie. It wasn't a ton, but it was still worth it. But I actually played Justin Rose in my high entry one, and that was not a good move. Dropped out of the money but still earlier on in the year. I have one team that's got awful in the race for the Mayo Cup that I'm legit going to use like Aaron Wise this week, I think, instead of using the top end guys because it needs to make up some cash pretty quickly. I suck at one and done. I'm already demoralized. All right. Well, that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Play in the Listener's League. Go to prizepix.com. Use code MMN for Mayo Media Network. Get a deposit match of up to $100. They're going to have some sweet Super Bowl, basically free money to give away. And you get that deposit match, which is another, like, free money. And we might have some golf stuff cooking up soon with our pals over at prizepix. So prizepix.com, code MMN to do that. Listener's League in the description, fantasynational.com slash Mayo. I will be back on Tuesday with DraftKings Picks. Wednesday, me, Jeff and Tim Andercust and our Super Bowl props. DraftKings Showdown picks with Cody Main and Justin Freeman on Thursday. Me, Rob, and Cam Stewart live from L.A. with the best bets on Friday. So a full jam-packed week of the Pat Mayo experience. So please rate and review the audio podcast. Smash the likes up to the channel. Do all that stuff to help us out. It goes a long way. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo experience! Experience!